In every other religion, there is a debt and you pay it. Mm -hmm. So you've either got to have your good works outweigh your bad deeds or you've got to reincarnate and pay off your karmic debt. There's some way that you pay God back for the debt that you've accrued. In Christianity, Jesus pays the whole debt. We just are built to feel like we have to be independent and earn our way and work hard and make life work for ourselves instead of allowing ourselves to receive this gift that God freely gives to us. It just doesn't seem possible that someone could love us so much with all the horrible things we do. I mean, if you think about any other relationship and someone sins against you, the last thing you want to do is just say, oh yeah, I forgive you, I love you, it's okay, we're okay. It's, it's just unfathomable to us because it's not how our culture works. Well, howdy, y'all. This is the Real Marriage Podcast with Mark and Grace Driscoll. Our story is not perfect. Our marriage is not perfect, but thankfully, our God is perfect. Grace, thank you for forgiving me since March 12th, 1988. We are going to talk in the next few episodes about forgiveness and how it really is the heart of God and unforgiveness really is the heart of Satan. And what God does is he likes to unleash blessing and grace and the Holy Spirit wherever forgiveness flows. And so I wanted to start just by giving you some encouragement, some motivation, some incentive uh, regarding forgiveness. Uh, there is a, a researcher at Stanford University. His name is Lusk, and he wrote a book called Forgive for Good. It is considered the the biggest clinical study of the benefits of forgiveness in the history of sort of clinical research. He actually teaches a class at Stanford University called the Forgiveness Project. I don't get the indication that he is a believer, but what he says is those who try and practice forgiveness, and this isn't even being forgiven by Jesus or sharing the gift of Jesus. It's just the general concept of forgiveness is so powerful that it actually reduces heart attacks, it reduces ulcers, it reduces migraines, it reduces um, high blood pressure, stress and anxiety, it prolongs people's lives and it improves their quality of life. Literally, the more you forgive, the healthier you become and the longer you live. It addresses most issues that people are dealing with today and in, in their health. And, and how big of an issue, sweetheart, is forgiveness for relationships in general? We'll get to the marriage issue, but just relationships. It's core. You can't have a healthy relationship without forgiveness because you will sin against each other. And if you keep that bound up and not forgive, you can't have a healthy relationship with that person, whether it's your spouse or a friend. And so what we like to say is relationships cannot exist unless there's forgiveness. And this starts first and foremost, we'll get to your relationship with your spouse in future episodes, but this one is really your relationship with Jesus. That the only way we have a relationship with God is through forgiveness. If Jesus didn't forgive us, we don't have a relationship. That's right. And if the relationship with Jesus and his people is the example for the church, uh, being like the bride, Jesus being like the groom, then the analogy is if Jesus doesn't have a relationship with his bride, apart from forgiveness, um, my bride and I, and all of you husbands with your wives, we don't have any relationship with each other or the Lord apart from forgiveness. And so what we want to say is that forgiveness is a gift that God gives for you to enjoy and then for you to share. But we want to talk in this episode how to receive the gift of forgiveness, enjoy it for yourself, and then in the next few episodes, we'll talk about how to share it with your spouse. The Lord's Prayer the most famous prayer in the history of the world, uh, Jesus prays, forgive us our sins as we have 
forgiven those who have sinned against us. And what's interesting, there's a few different places in the Gospels where it mentions the Lord's Prayer. Sometimes it says, forgive us our sins. Sometimes it says, forgive us our debts. And it's because the Bible uses sin and debt as synonymous. And so if you sin against me or I sin against you, I accrue a debt. And somebody's got to pay that debt. So let me ask you, sweetheart, let's say in our relationship with God, just thinking of people's relationship with Jesus, if they don't understand that God has forgiven them and that Jesus literally on the cross has paid their debt and they don't owe God, how do people who don't understand that God has already paid their debt, what are some of the unhealthy ways that they live their life um, in relationship with God? They It turns into a works-based life because you feel like you have to constantly earn instead of the gift that God has given. Also vengeance, they take on vengeance on their own instead of letting the Lord deal justly with circumstances. It's it's very um, disrupting to a person's life because they're trying to figure out how to both save themselves and deal with other situations that they have no control over. And only God knows every piece of the situation so that he can grant the gift of forgiveness. In every other religion, there is a debt and you pay it. Mm -hmm. So you've either got to have your good works outweigh your bad deeds or you've got to reincarnate and pay off your karmic debt. There's some way that you pay God back for the debt that you've accrued. In Christianity, Jesus pays the whole debt. It's too hard to receive. It's too unexplainable. And so people can't. So explain that. So there are people listening to this and, and we're talking about you, whoever is hearing this. You have done some things that you regret. There are some words you said you wish you could take back. There are deeds you've done that you wish you could undo. There are days in your life you wish you could go back in time, you know, jump into the DeLorean and go back in time <laughs> and that you could redo those days because you have regrets from those days. For those people that are told Jesus died for all your sin, past, present, and future, sin you haven't even gotten to, it's a gift that he gives, this gift of forgiveness, why is it hard for us to not not maybe think of that for somebody else, but to receive that for ourselves? We just are built to feel like we have to be independent and earn our way and work hard and make life work for ourselves instead of allowing ourselves to receive this gift that God freely gives to us. It just doesn't seem possible that someone could love us so much with all the horrible things we do. I mean, if you think about any other relationship and someone sins against you, the last thing you want to do is just say, oh yeah, I forgive you. I love you. It's okay. We're okay. It's it just unfathomable to us because it's not how our culture works. Is that hard for you to understand or really fully, truly receive that you are forgiven because of Jesus Christ? For much of my life, yes. I still have moments and situations where I don't easily receive that. Um, but God has taught me the process of receiving that. But it is, it's humbling to receive that gift. And your pastor's daughter, whose name is Grace. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so I think if the pastor's daughter, whose name is Grace, struggles to receive a free gift of grace, mm -hmm. I think everybody struggles with Absolutely. it. Absolutely. And I think, especially for men, we're always told you get what you deserve, you, 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 know, you get what you earn. Most men are performance oriented from a young age with sports and it continues into the employment that nothing is given to you, nothing is handed to you. There's no free ride, there's no free lunch. Well, the gospel of Jesus Christ is 
the opposite of all of that. Mm-hmm. And it's not what you earned, it's what he's earned, it's not what you pay, it's what he's paid. And some people would say that, you know, this whole concept of forgiveness in Christianity is just too easy. All you got to do is receive Jesus. I think it's really hard because it requires humility. Yeah. It requires you to say, I have a problem that I can't fix and I need help. And for most people, we at least want to contribute to the solution. We don't want to just have somebody else take care of it all because then it feels like we're needy. And the truth is we are. Going into our marriage, how many things even prior to our marriage did Jesus forgive you of or me of or us of, but we had a really hard time applying that forgiveness to past events in the marriage and really receiving that freedom that comes from full forgiveness? Yeah, I think because I really struggled receiving that forgiveness from the Lord for me, like you said, it's easy to see it in everybody else's life. And, oh, Jesus forgives you. It's okay. But for myself, it was really hard. So because of that, I think my fears fed into that. And then in our relationship, it was easier to fear and add to the unforgiveness that I didn't even allow the Lord to give to me. And then when you would make comments or when you would um, try and lead me, I had a hard time with that as well. So it it led to um, confusion for me and it led to a really low identity for myself. And I just didn't trust. And and I think I added to that because God would forgive you um, and God does forgive you. And then there would be times that I would be the archaeologist in the relationship digging up the past and then forcing you to relive things that Jesus already buried. Mm-hmm. you know. And so our, our sins died with Jesus and they were buried with him. And I think that explains a lot of years of our marriage and what it would do for us. And I think it's fairly common for a lot of couples, some issue that Jesus died for and was forgiven was buried and then it would get dug up and it would lead to a lot of pain and hurt and hard conversations. And, and then after a while, you make no progress in it, so you just walk away from it. But you know, eventually it's gonna get d- dug up again. And that's where I sense some bitterness potentially and just asked you, I didn't say you're bitter about this, this, and this. I said, hey, would you consider praying about whether or not you still have bitterness against me for some things in our past? And you at first were caught off guard and thought, well, no, I've forgiven you for everything. But then you said, no, I will commit to praying about that. And sure enough, there were some things that God revealed. And so we had that discussion about how easy it is to just pass over those things and let those negatively affect your marriage, but the root really wasn't dug up. And so we needed to go back and get that root dug up, which is when you gave me that symbolic shovel. (laughs) Maybe tell them about the shovel. I was going to save that for a future episode, but this is a good time to interject it. So is it, I can't remember because I'm pushing 50 and, (laughs) you know, I got issues, but um, is the shovel still in our bathroom? Yeah. Okay, so if you guys came into our bathroom, there's two sinks. Uh, one has a lot of products. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that would not be my sink. Uh, my, one sink has a lot of, uh, you know, hair from shaving because my dad was a Chia Pet and my mom was a Wookiee. And so that would be my sink. Grace's sink, you've got lotions, potions, <laughs> There's first and second hair day. There's, okay, back to the shovel. Okay, anyway, so uh, so so between us is a shovel. And it may seem weird that between our sinks and the bathroom is a shovel, but maybe explain to them 
kind of the significance of the shovel. <laughs> it's a small shovel. Yeah. And it's a green shovel. <laughs> it's more of an art deco creative. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so when we were on vacation is when we started to have that converse- conversation around the issue of potential bitterness. And so when you came back to me to answer that question, you had gone out to buy kind of a vintage shovel and it had a glass jar on it and you put a receipt in it with a scripture and said that I will not dig up things from the past, you are forgiven. And to remind us that we don't need to go back to those places. We can move forward in freedom and forgiveness. And I think on there, I think I wrote, it might have been Romans 8, 1, there's not no condemnation Mm -hmm, for those who are in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so Jesus had forgiven you and Jesus had forgiven me, but that gift he gave me to share with you, I wasn't sharing with you. And uh, love doesn't keep a record of wrongs. I was keeping a record of wrong. And I did have some bitterness and unforgiveness. And... Um, and I would justify it by saying, well, she sinned against me, but my sin against you was not extending the gift that Jesus had extended to me. That's so what the Bible says, to forgive others as you have been forgiven in Christ. Forgiven people need to be forgiving people. So I was a forgiven person, but not a forgiving person. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so for us, it was just my way of saying, honey, I am sorry. I'm not going to dig this up anymore. And so to make sure very that Very effective. I, yeah, very effective. So, But to make sure that I remember that, I see it every morning. <laughs> it literally is physically, the shovel is between Grace and I. And I think literally, it, it really is the right spot because without forgiveness, we're not together. Mm-hmm. That's right. Some years ago, we took the kids to Greece, Israel, Turkey. We got to go see all the places you hear about in the Bible. It was kind of a bucket list trip for me. It was super, super fun to go with you and the kids. And... Um, And I'll never forget, we were in the archaeological dig in Ephesus, which is one of my favorite places I've ever been in the world, a city where one of the New Testament letters was written. Being a nerd, I was was really nerding out. (laughs) And in the middle of town, in this archaeological excavation, there was this ancient bathroom. So I guess I guess I guess this podcast is our bathroom theme <laughs> podcast. I don't know how this happened. Um, and so uh, we were down in the archaeological dig, and it had all of these uh, old, ancient uh, marble toilets, and you know, seat lid. But underneath there was a there was a hole underneath the seat. And so you know, being the weirdo I am, I asked the professor that we hired, who was with us. I was like, "What's the hole under the seat for?" And he said. Um, he said, well, after they'd go to the bathroom, the slaves would take a, a stick and they would put a sponge on it and they would dip it in an antiseptic and they'd put it through the hole to scrub the person. It was their version of toilet paper. That's what the slave would do. And I don't know if you remember, I, I started crying. Mm-hmm. I literally, my knees kind of buckled. And all of a sudden, the story of Jesus made sense. So when Jesus is on the cross and he's dying in our place for our sins, uh, the theologians say that he has seven last words. The first word is, Father, forgive them. So that's, Jesus starts with forgiveness. And if Jesus can forgive the people that are murdering him in front of his mother, he could forgive all of us. He could forgive any of us. And then to shut him up, they shoved a sponge in his mouth. And I always, when I read it, thought, oh, well, they were giving him a drink. This was a little bit of human compassion. And it dawned on me in that moment that was the field kit for the Roman soldier. And I asked the archaeologist and the professor that was with me, and he, he, he confirmed, he said, yeah, when soldiers would go out in the field in the Roman army, part of their field kit, you couldn't bring you know, toilet paper, so you'd bring a sponge. And you would then break off a stick, and you would sop it in wine vinegar as a disinfectant, and you would use it to scrub yourself. 
So our God comes to the earth to love us, to forgive us, to pursue relationship with us. Our God is on the cross suffering, and what he's still doing is preaching and practicing forgiveness. He's about ready to die for our sin, to answer his own prayers so that we can be forgiven. And he says, Father, forgive them. And a soldier takes his sponge out of his kit and shoves it in the mouth of God so that the remainder of the things that Jesus says from the cross is with the taste of the bowel movement of his enemy on his lips. Mm, Unbelievable. Unbelievable. All of a sudden, that little part of the Bible that made no sense to me or I'd misinterpreted, it brought whole new meaning. And so to think of it, if Jesus is willing to endure all of our sin, if he is willing to preach forgiveness, if he is willing to then die for our sin with the taste of an enemy's bowel movement on his lips— then how bad is it to say, Jesus forgives me, but I can't forgive you? I mean, it's unquestionable that his love for us is endless. His whole life and purpose of coming here was to forgive us and let us be in relationship with him. And so for us to reject that is ultimate pride. Well, and it's to say, you know, I know I sinned against Jesus and he forgave me and you sinned against me and I can't forgive you because I feel like what you did to me is bigger than what I did to Jesus. Mm-hmm. That ain't the case. Mm -mm. There's nothing that your spouse can do to you that is bigger or worse than what you have done to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And if he gives you that gift to enjoy, that has to be a gift that you're willing to share. And so uh, for us, that big concept is forgiven people need to be forgiving people. Mm -hmm. And you need to receive for yourself the full gift of forgiveness. So what would you say, honey, to those who are listening and they say, I know that Jesus died for my sins. I know that Jesus gives forgiveness. I know that Jesus forgives people. But they would say, "Uh, I just can't forgive myself. Yeah, I mean, I used to believe that lie as well. But it's not it's not the gift that we give ourselves. It's a gift from God that he already gave us. And so not receiving it again, that's that's pride. It seems humble to say that. But looking back when I wouldn't receive that forgiveness from the Lord, my whole life pivoted in a negative direction because of that. He wants us to receive that so we can live in freedom. And so for us to say, I can't, you know, I can't forgive myself, we are putting ourselves above God. He already forgave us. And and in that, so some of you will hear this, and you may have even heard this said by yourself. I know God forgives me. I just can't forgive myself. My question would be, when did you get above God? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you said, it sounds very humble. It's actually very prideful. Yeah. It says, Jesus says I'm forgiven, but I say no. Therefore, I override Jesus' decision. That puts me in authority over him. And that's actually not humble at all. It's actually the enemy's way of causing us to live in condemnation because we're not receiving forgiveness. So that's a great point. So Revelation 12, 10 says that Satan is the accuser of the children of God, that he accuses them day and night. Mm -hmm. That Satan is always bringing up our past. He's always bringing up our worst day. He's always bringing up our biggest regret. And in marriage, we have a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And so for those who they're living under that condemnation, that accusation, um, they're having a hard time getting over their past and getting on with their future, anything you would say to them? Receive forgiveness from the Lord. <laughs> Spend some time on your knees, journal out the lies that you hear and and receive the one truth that we all have to receive. We all have an opportunity to receive that forgiveness from the Lord and pray against those lies from the enemy that tell you you can't or that you're too messed up or whatever you've done is on a list of 
a fake list of unforgiven things is just not true. It's just, it's the lies of the enemy. If you don't receive this gift from Jesus, you don't have it to share with others. Mm-hmm. And this is where your relationship with the Lord, it sets up all your other relationships. Yeah. And that's why if you don't receive this gift of forgiveness, you're gonna be a person that really struggles to extend forgiveness to your spouse. You're gonna be a person that struggles to extend forgiveness to your kids. Mm -hmm. You're gonna be a person who struggles to extend forgiveness to your family and friends, extended family and friends. You're gonna struggle to give it to your enemies. And what happens over the course of a lifetime is if you don't receive and share this gift, you're gonna stack up hurt, burden, pain, frustration, and disappointment. And bitterness. Until bitterness comes in, and we'll deal with that in the next episode, that that is the heart of the demonic. The heart of God is forgiveness. The heart of Satan is unforgiveness. God forgives. Satan and demons are never forgiven for anything. Jesus didn't die for them, and they never forgive anyone for anything. And so if you want to know what the gateway to the demonic is, it's unforgiveness. Mm -hmm. As soon as you say, I can't receive God's forgiveness as a gift for me, and I'm not going to give it as a gift to you, then what you have done, you've put yourself on Satan's team, and you've pulled hell up into your life and marriage. Mm -hmm. So we'll, we'll talk in the next episode about what forgiveness is and is not, and then we'll talk about some practical ways and reasons to forgive. And honey, just anything you would like to share in closing, I think this is something that we both struggle with, that we've all struggled with. Yeah, I mean, once you start that process of forgiveness, you will quickly see the fruit and just keep on going with that because it's worth it. It's You will feel the difference between condemnation and freedom as soon as you start to forgive. Well, we appreciate you joining us. We'll see you in the next episode where we pick up where we left off. <laughs>